Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. At some point in the next 48 hours, the Penguins are going to find out who they're facing in the first round of Stanley Cup playoffs. And I am here to share with you definitively, authoritatively, without hesitation, that I couldn't care less who they'll be facing. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. Comes your way bright and early every weekday morning. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Pirates right where you found this. The Penguins are the East Division champions. As of Saturday, when they beat the Sabres 1-0, and then the Capitals were unable to beat the Flyers until overtime, and they needed a win in regulation, the Penguins... Division championship was their ninth in franchise history, their first since 2014. And yes, I know the history and I know these things have not mattered toward whether or not they proceed to win in the playoffs. But it's always nice if you have the option to go ahead and hang some laundry as a result of your achievements. And congratulations are in order to everyone, top to bottom in this organization, from Mario Lemieux and Ron Burkle right down to Freddie freaking Goudreau. This team exceeded almost all expectations, whether those were national or local, and they did so in the face of 258 man games lost to injury. And when you hear me describe that as the greatest damage that any team took over the course of this season, understand I'm not just counting man games. I'm counting who was lost. There are teams that have higher actual numbers, but then you find out who it was that they were missing that ran up those numbers, and you realize that it doesn't approximate to what the Penguins had to overcome. So again, it's a credit to all concerned. And now comes what Mike Sullivan himself refers to as the fun part. And it should be fun. It should be fun. If this team is playing its best hockey, it's going to stay tight. It's going to stay committed to puck possession. And that means A, winning it, and B, keeping it which are two separate things, but that really aren't all that separate because they also involve group puck support. Players following each other all about the rink in little packs. They break out in packs. They forecheck in packs. All of these things are what got the Penguins to where they are. Far more than any individual even Sidney Crosby. It's that they were able to stay 
tight, to stay on task. I asked Sullivan after the game Saturday where he felt the team stands in that specific regard right now. Well, we, we like how our game has uh, has grown here over the course of the year. You know, we I, I think for the most part, when you look at the last six weeks of the season, I feel like we've, you know, we've got better at our team game. I think our, our guys, some of our newer guys are more familiar with how we're trying to play right now. We're trying to cast guys in certain roles and, and just in how we utilize and utilize the bench and playing certain guys in certain situations. I think they're getting more familiar with what their role is and what their contribution is to helping the team win. So, you know, we really like the group that's assembled here. They're, they're real good people. They're uh, I think they're a tight group. They, they, they play hard for one another. Uh, and, and, and we think we have, uh, we think we have, uh, you know, sufficient depth here. So, you know, we're excited about the opportunity that's in front of us. You know, we know how difficult it, it is to win. Uh, we're going to have to go out and earn it each and every game. But but certainly we're excited about this group that's assembled here. And um, and we look forward to uh, we look forward to what's next. You see where he took that? He took it right into the playoffs, right in as if he was speaking on the morning of game one. That's just who that guy is. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by Fubo TV. The monthly cost of cable is over two hundred bucks. Fubo TV is just sixty-five bucks a month to watch all the same channels, including AT&T, Sportsnet, Pittsburgh. And right now, just for listening to this show, you can get a seven-day free trial and fifteen percent off your first month by going to fubotv.com/dk. No contracts, no catch, cancel anytime. It's not complicated. There's no installation. Just go to fubotv.com slash DK and you'll see what I mean. And you'll get 15% off your first month. But where this team goes now is to either Long Island or Boston. After the first two games are in Pittsburgh, of course, because that's one of the nice things about winning the division in addition to the laundry. And I just don't have a preference. I really don't. I know what the records are. I know that the Penguins were 6-2 and two against the Capitals. I know that the Penguins were 6-2 and two against the Islanders. And I know that the Bruins were 5-3 and three against the Penguins. And I know that there's been this lingering perception that the Penguins and the Bruins are a lopsided matchup. Most of it dating, strangely enough to an Eastern Conference final that occurred nearly a decade ago, but I'll let that one slide for now, okay? <laughs> that one, that blows me away that we still hear about that all this time later. Oh, here we go. It's the Eastern final again. As if, by the way, getting to the Eastern final was some point of shame. The Bruins are tough. The Bruins are resilient. The Bruins defend as well, I believe, as the Islanders do. The Islanders just get maybe more recognition for that particular component because they're so much more passive. They back off. They really flaunt the fact that they're defense first. The Bruins have better goaltending than the Islanders do. But the Islanders have better depth, especially up front, than the Bruins do. And over a best-of-seven series... 
I would always prefer to face the team that's got the least depth. If you're facing the Islanders in a best of seven, you're not just going to have to deal with Matt Barzell. You're going to have to deal with everyone all the way down to the self-trademarked best fourth line in hockey. And they will all come at you. They will all be, at some point or other over the course of a series, productive. You can't say the same thing about the Bruins. Yes, that line is surreal. I don't like calling them the perfection line. That seems weird. So I'm just going to call them that line. (laughs) All right. Um, With, of course, Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, and David Pasternak. And yeah, I mean, I get Boston's had a, a little bit of a jump from the second line. Post deadline, they added Taylor Hall, and he and David Krejci have have done some good things together, including the last time they faced the Penguins just a couple of weeks ago. But they don't have the depth. They will not be able to match the Penguins' four line depth. It 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 is four line depth. This is this is a different territory, I think, even than 2016 and 2017. Yes, the Penguins had Matt Collin on their fourth line those years, but it was usually Matt Collin and, like, Plugger A and Plugger B. Your fourth line now in Pittsburgh is obviously Teddy Bluger, Zach Aston-Reese, and if he comes back healthy, Brandon Tanev. If it isn't Brandon Tanev, then it's Evan Rodriguez if he's healthy. If it isn't him, then it's Colton Sevier, and at least he's killing penalties and he's not hurting you. But it's you've got a fourth line. You've got a fourth line. You've got real depth. Real depth. So I don't fear the Bruins. But you know what? I also don't fear the Islanders. And I'll say it again. It's not because of that 6-2 and two record. It's because the Penguins do one thing that Trotz's system can't counter, and that's to skate with the puck through the neutral zone. There's no trap anywhere that's had an answer for that. Not even going back to the the devil's heyday of the mid-90s when Jacques Lemaire had everyone trapping, hooking, holding, grabbing, clutching, whatever it took before the rules were modified, you could still skate through the trap if you could fly with the puck and navigate the terrain. Why do you think that when the Penguins face the Islanders that their most effective, most visible players are Mike Matheson, Brandon Tanev, guys like that, Brian Rust, Evgeny Malkin, Sidney Crosby, guys who force the Islanders to back off. The trap system is set up to intercept east-west passes or to force you into an early dump so that their defenseman, who's already all the way back, can just go back and collect it and send it right back out. It's classic New Jersey hockey. Not New York hockey, notice. That was not a misspeak on my part. New Jersey hockey. Old school New Jersey hockey. That's what they do. And it doesn't work against Pittsburgh. So if the Penguins can withstand the Islanders' depth that is better than Boston's but not as deep as Pittsburgh's, the Penguins absolutely 
can get through that trap and score goals on a goaltender that I've never really thought all that much of in Semyon Varlamov. Neither of these is a daunting, scary task to the point where you'd say, wow, I really hope that this team is the one you line up with. I, I just don't, I don't see that, and I don't feel it, and I really don't think it's going to amount to anything, investing any amount of time over the next 48 hours hoping for this team or hoping for that team. The Penguins can and have beaten every team in this division, and they can unquestionably do it again. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. It's time for Just One Question, and that's brought to you on this program always by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they are committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. And yes, that need still very much exists because this pandemic still exists. Go to pittsburghfoodbank.org to find out how $1 is all it takes to provide five full meals. That's right, $1, five full meals, pittsburghfoodbank.org. Spell that out when you type it to Pittsburgh. question comes from Josh who says, what do you think happens when Evan Rodriguez comes back? I have a hard time seeing Freddie Goudreau sitting in place of Evan, but do you have a sense on what their plan is? I think Freddie's not getting the attention that he should be right now. He's been outstanding. Uh, they love Freddie, Josh, so I'm not sure where you're getting that sense. Um, they also have a lot of respect for Evan Rodriguez and what he can do, but I said all along that when Freddie came up and started scoring right away, that what he really, really, really needed to do in order to stay in the NHL and, more important, stay in this lineup in the playoffs was to show that he could kill penalties. And he's done that. He's done that. I don't know if he's as good as Rodriguez at the actual PK, meaning once the puck is in play. But Freddie's been good on the draws, and Freddie's been a shorthanded threat, and Freddie's also done well enough positionally within the box. He's a smart guy, and he's made the proper reads. From a five-on-five standpoint, I definitely see Freddie as as being a guy who's going to get the nod. Uh, Part of that's because of what he's done to date this regular season and the trust he's gained, uh, not just from his coaches, but from his teammates as well. But the other thing is, man, line chemistry is such a big, big, big deal this time of year. And that goes double when you just brought in someone from the outside and put them in a prominent position. I'm, of course, referring to Jeff Carter coming here from L.A. and being very productive and being productive in concert with both Freddie and Jared McCann. That line, if we're all being honest with ourselves right now, isn't the Penguins' third line, okay? Maybe it will be, and I'm sure it will be when it's printed out and shown on the charts. But 
of late, that's been the Penguins, either their best line or for sure their second best line. And we'll see how long it takes the uh, Evgeny Malkin, Kasperi Kapanen, and Jason Zucker line to match or surpass them. But the last thing you'd want to do if you're Sullivan is to watch Carter going off as he has of late and Carter getting comfortable playing center again, which is something he wasn't doing with the Kings at all this season, and then take away his right winger. It, that, it just wouldn't make any sense. So uh, your worries are unfounded, and I think your assessment or your fear, whatever that was, uh, that the Penguins don't respect Freddie enough, uh, they're, they're both off the mark, but I s- strongly suspect you'll be happy to hear that. It's a really good question, Josh. I'm glad you asked, and I'm glad everybody listened to Daily Shot of Penguins. We're in for some serious fun here for a while, you know? I have a feeling about this one. I really do. This is a really, really good hockey team, and they do not have that classic first-round flop feel to them. They really don't. It's a good, good group. We'll do another one of these tomorrow. Thank you for listening. Park University in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door, your car, your gym locker, your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.